Hello everybody and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. This is a very interesting and special episode of the History Voyager. Approximately seven days ago, a piece of software entered the world. Well, entered, I guess, wider than a certain circle of developers. The name of this software is ChatGPT. It is a chat bot that you can ask questions of and it will answer the questions in a conversational tone. It's so effective at that that somehow really smart people begin to confuse I guess a- algorithmic search or whatever into actual intelligence. I thought I would explain a little bit about what intelligence is. Intelligence is your ability to take seemingly unrelated facts, synthesize them together, and come up with a fact that pulls, however unequally, from all of those seemingly unrelated facts. That's what intelligence is. Now, I've played around with chat GPT for a couple of, uh, like, basically this is my second or third day doing it. I've done it for probably maybe four hours altogether. I personally have seen inaccuracies in some of the things that it spits out um, from these simple queries. I personally have asked it to give me book reports. I think it's hilarious that some of these people on TikTok talk about this thing as though it's spitting out books. It's not. Uh, It spits out at most maybe five or six short paragraphs. Um, And the way the AI is set up, even if you ask it the same question, it won't give you the exact same answer. Meaning that you're going to have to synthesize the different answers together to form a narrative. I think this is actually a a symptom of a, a much wider problem in our society that I've seen. And that is that we've had so much future come to us so suddenly that people just automatically assume that the future they saw in comic books or movies or what have you, novels, I don't know, um, is going to come true the way they saw it. Personally, I, I look at ChatGPT as a tool. Um, it can respond to you in any language, including any or a lot of computer languages. Uh, certain developers, software developers, have reached out on TikTok, not to me, but to the wider TikTok audience, and have said that some of the code doesn't per se work. Um, I've had different teachers or I've seen different teachers on TikTok say that the answer it gives you is is approximately a a C-level answer in a middle school class. Um, And also several people have pointed out inaccuracies, which I'm sure like come down to maybe moving a word around or transposing one word for another or whatever. But this is not going to replace human thinking. I, I want to make that clear. This this is not going to replace human thinking. And the people that have said, well, I got the the chat bot to, to write out an action plan for certain things at work. Okay, but you yourself have to implement that plan. The computer isn't going to do that. And also... You know, how in-depth is the plan? How considered is the plan? Etc., etc. But the thing I want to say is, there's two things I want to say. 
I think this algorithm is going to start a fierce debate, not just about artificial intelligence in the workplace and society, which is a total given, but here's something that occurred to me when I started asking it questions like, compare the novel It by Stephen King to the novel Hunt for Red October by Tom Clancy. Now, that's they're not obvious comparisons, and it said that it couldn't do that. But then when I shepherded it or guided it through the actual reasoning, it did so, and it compared them, I guess, passably, but not... Um, not anywhere near in depth. So as soon as I saw that, the thing that occurred to me was, this is going to start a fierce debate in this country, a very, very fierce political debate that's going to play out as soon as, quote, normal or average people start using this, this software. And already within six or seven days, it's had a million users by six months We'll have way more than that. But the debate it's going to spark is this debate, which is this. Who is stupid and they get to work in the world of work? Because what this is going to do is replace the stupid people the people that only can have a 6th grade education or an 8th grade education and be adults in the world of work. Now, I'm being honest here. I'm, being, I'm telling you the truth because I'm not just talking to us, remember. I'm talking to people in the future. And I, th I can see it. I can see it coming a mile off that we're going to have very fierce political debates in this country about the role of these people that aren't very well educated in jobs. Okay. And the next thing is, I think part of the reason people are overreacting to this algorithm, and it is overreacting, is they're seeing a tool as, well, this tool can replace people. Well, you have to use the tool. Okay, the, the hammer can't use itself. Okay, the, the, the drill can't use itself. You have to replace, you have to guide the tool, and you have to have knowledge enough about the thing you're asking it to do to be able to see where it's wrong. People say, well, it's going to replace Google search. Well, and I say this all the time on my show, that one of the more fascinating conversations I can have on my show is a conversation between uh, content creators about how one of the worst mistakes we made as a planet was deciding that Google was a university. You know, Google will spit out an answer, and if you're lucky, Google will actually give you the website, and you can click the website, and, well, how did the website arrive at this, how did the author of the website, say, arrive at, at this um, conclusion? Chatty GPT does nothing of the sort. It gives you an answer. And because it does so convincingly, people are convinced. Well, based on what certain software developers have said about how some of the code is slightly incorrect or maybe even mostly incorrect, or based on how some of the professors have said, well, they got this character wrong in literature or this person, their death dates are wrong, their birth and death dates are wrong. Based on all that, I wouldn't necessarily cook any of the recipes that ChatGPT spat out at me unless I was intimately aware that the, the recipe that I was reading would actually give me that dish and that I could eat it. 
safely without poisoning myself as long as it was heated properly or prepared properly or whatever. Um, with that said, this is a podcast um, about the future. This this guy, Larry Olson, had been a podcaster, he says, for 17 years, which I'm not even sure if the word podcasting is, is 17 years old. Um, but anyway, we had a very interesting rapid-fire kind of conversation. I immediately thought, before I even had this show with Larry, that I should come on here and, and talk about sort of my take with Chat GPT. I might actually put out a, a you know, a, a much more in-depth uh, show about it because, frankly, I think I think people need to know about it. I think first of all, people need to know about it because here's the thing. If you're not at least using this thing or at least aware of it within, I'd say, a couple of months, you're going to get seriously left behind. But you also need to still be educating yourself conventionally because the brain, while it's not technically a muscle, it's like a muscle. Because if you don't lose it, if you don't use it, you lose it. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. And like I always say, I'm having a good day, and I hope you are too. Bye-bye. Hi, everybody. My name is Ben Kitchings, and this is the History Voyager. I'm here with Larry Olson. Larry, why don't you talk about your various um, intellectual properties? I am a basically, essentially a broadcaster in the San Francisco Bay Area. I do I cover news, technology, business, sports. As you can imagine, Silicon Valley, we have lots to talk about here. I also host the Smarticle Podcast. You can find it at thesmarticlepodcast.com. We try to take an issue every single day, a different article, and spend about eight minutes kind of giving some lubrication so that you might think of something in a different way, all the way from the best urinal that might a guy could use in a bathroom to God and whether God is big or small. So eight minutes, the Smarticle Podcast. Hopefully it might change your day. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome. So we talked off air about the, quote, future, unquote, and you said that you love the future. Talk to me about the future. Well, you can't have history without the future. You can't have the president with all three, right? It's fun mm -hmm. to think about what the future. Essentially, I feel like life is all about balance. If you're not thinking about the future, it's mm -hmm. hard to be in the present and have perspective on the fast past. I hate people that are like, oh, the future is, you can't worry about that. Well, if you don't worry about the future a little bit in a, in with some perspective, then you can't really truly be in the present. That's sort of my theory. That's totally true. Um, what, what's something about San Francisco that people not from there wouldn't understand? Well, wouldn't know about. Ben, you probably get this, right? It's a very sensationalized city. You probably hear from the news, like San Francisco, homeless people are everywhere. People are pooping in the streets. Drug needles abound. Uh, we mm. just uh, recalled our district attorney because they're too... I mean, it is... It's insanity. Here's the, here's the reason why San Francisco is insanity. I kind of believe progressives don't govern really well. That doesn't mean I don't like progressives. They just don't do the basics of blocking and tackling of running cities very well. And so San Francisco is just kind of chaos. I mean, there's so much money. There's more money here in this city than anywhere in the world, and they can't fix anything. It's just this progressive ideals just can't get anything done. So that's, that's the bottom line. We're bad at getting things done. That's what I would say. Give me an example of can't get anything done. For instance, homeless. You know what the homeless budget in San Francisco is? Take a guess, Ben. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go $10 million. 10, try $800 million. $800 million. San Francisco spends a year on homeless people. And we are, it is, you could argue it's the worst city for homeless people in the world. There's lots of different reasons for that. 
$800 million a year on homeless people. We house them mostly in SROs, but nobody wants to be in transitional housing. It, it's, it's, it's almost untenable. So I don't even know where to go from that. I, a couple of years ago or about a year ago now, I, I had a podcast, um, maybe a little bit longer than that. I had a podcast with a fellow, um, independent podcaster who wanted to talk about the homelessness problem in Seattle. And he said a lot of the problem was the rampant drug use, which was basically permitted in a certain area of Seattle. Yep. yep. Is is that sort of the same deal or, or Yeah, they're they're and they just closed one in San Francisco. You know, I mean, this is such a large question, future, past, present, about homelessness. You know, homelessness has been around. Homelessness has been around forever, from mm-hmm. since the beginning of time. Like, it, mm-hmm. so that to me says it's never going away. So then it becomes a really personal question of like, what are you going to do about it? I live with three kids in San Francisco. They see homeless every day. So what are we going to do about it? Is a constant question you have to answer personally, as opposed to kicking it down the road or I mean, you could guess you can go in your room and house and lock the door. So it's never going to go away. And it's a very personal question. It's drug use. It's bad families. You know, they don't have homelessness in India because families take care of each other. You know, you've got a bad drug problem, but in America, we're such an individualist, individualist society. You're kind of on your own. And so how do you deal with that? Mm. I had one of, it's funny because I kind of thought I was going to talk to you about this today, even though I didn't know we were going to talk about it. <laughs> um, I had a lawyer on my show a while back um, who goes by, uh, her, her name is Cheryl Ring. Um, and she talked about homelessness in America. And one of the things she said was... Uh, now, of course, these statistics were pre-pandemic, which I'm sure post-pandemic or whatever, it's, it's worse, yep. right? But she said, like, each individual state evicts more people per year than every European country combined. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, And to me... To me, it comes back to the economy. It comes back to drugs, you know, drugs a little bit. But to me, it comes back to the economy. It comes back to the job market. It it comes back to the fact that a lot of the jobs that you use to support yourself need specialized training. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. It's amazing to me. Of course, you know, we're talking online right now using the internet but it's amazing to me how essential the internet is for people i mean and if you don't have the internet you know you're basically shut out of a lot of stuff and i don't know you know (laughs) i mean they're just it's First, I just really want to reiterate, there's no answer, right? I mean, it's been around forever. It's going to be around forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you could argue the economy has made it worse. You could argue about the drug epidemic in our country. Mm-hmm. You could argue about technology and people not having jobs. There's so many different answers. You, it, it, to me, it comes back in America. It's just this individual nature of, hey, even if you're an orphan, even if your family abandoned you and you were left in the foster care system, it's up to you to pick yourself up by the bootstraps, just like they did when America's move west, and do it on your own. Whereas in European nations or other, other, you have a family system that says, if you fail, we're going to take care of you. We don't have that. Like, it's not in our ethos. By the way, same with gun control. Like, it's in our ethos from our founding. People have the right to own guns. So guess what? We're going to have a mass shooting every weekend because that's America. So what do we do about it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, at some point, I'll tell I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you the truth. 
I love I love talking to people for my show. Because for one, I've I've educated myself more than these episodes have educated other people. I certainly had opinions about this country before I started recording my episodes. Yeah. But a lot of those opinions have greatly changed. Um, I've talked with people who are professors that are experiencing grinding poverty. I've talked to people who make games on phones that are very wealthy. Um, I talked with a fellow who, in Ukraine, who was a chemistry student in France who came home to help fight off the Russians mm. by making bombs. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's the thing to me about our this day and age is is it's like there's one era of time that's receding and another era of time that's coming in. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like before we were much more collect, not collectivist, like socialists, but you could rely on family. But now you really can't unless you're in, unless you're fortunate enough to live in the same community and whatever else. And I don't know. I, it's just so weird. Um, yeah, I would just say, once again, individualism is what made our country great, which is why we, you know, broke away from England, moved forward west. But on the way, yeah. moving west, we slaughtered a bunch of Native people. Mm. And so it's there's the good and bad of it. And I don't know how in America we somewhat rein in that individualism for the collective good, which is how we kind of fix homelessness. I, I have no ideas, by the way. I mean, I have ideas. Um, yeah, let's do it, Ben. <laughs> normalize living together, like multi-generational yeah. living together. Totally, totally. Um, I, by the way, I feel like the Marriage Equality Act did not go far enough. It should have been common-law marriage like they do in Europe, right? If you live with someone for such a long, you get their benefits. I'm totally in agreement with that, Ben. Um, I think also... We need to have an honest conversation about what's happening with the liberal arts programs in this country. Like how, like we were talking off air about the chat GPT and every, it's like we're, we're in such a rush to get to the future that we don't notice what we're leaving behind. Totally. <laughs> we don't notice, wait a second. All this thing does is talk to me. It doesn't necessarily tell me the truth. It just talks to me. Yep. And I have to have the cognition to realize that it's telling me the truth. Right? I mean, Americans, once again, very bad living in the present. Every <laughs> other culture, like literally actually experiencing the present, very bad at that. Yep. Mm-hmm. 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 Um... I, you know, I I wonder I wonder how much longer you're gonna have offices. Yeah, why? Why? <laughs> who needs them? I mean, I don't know how old you are. You you sound you and I sound like we're roughly the same age. I'm fifty. Well, turn it gonna turn fifty this year, next year, give or take. All yeah, right. you don't look fifty according to your picture. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But so I don't know if you've been on Discord. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. One of the first time I got on Discord, I was like, "This is going to kill offices." Yeah. You can share huge amount. I mean, so don't take investment advice from me. But <laughs> here's some free investment advice that legally I'm required to tell you not to take. Um, don't invest in companies that are investing in commercial real estate. <laughs> like, don't do that. It's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. You know? 
Although that's part of the problem again, though, right? People becoming more isolated so that we don't have connection, Mm. so that we can't lose the individualism, so we can't take each other's temperature. I mean, that's part of the problem. There was somebody I follow on Twitter who said that he said this line, and I'll never forget it. He said, 2020 was the year that we learned that going to work was a lot of people's hobbies. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought, damn, you know, I'm not on here for profound quotes that I'm going to remember. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, work, people hate work, you know, hate or love work, whatever. But it, it does give our day structure, right? You get up and you do something. I mean, I think people that have anxiety need a structure and a system. And, like, you don't have that. Anxiety builds. Uh, so, yeah, we, we we actually literally need to go to work to have some sort of meaning in our day. And the people that don't are the ones that kind of usually have the higher anxiety levels. Uh, yeah, I, You know, I would say that to a certain extent. You got to have a reason to get up every day. Whether that reason drives you crazy or not, at least you got a reason. But also, like, I mean, this whole time is nothing but anxiety. I mean. Totally. Totally. You know. I don't know how long it was where I started. I think I can still talk to people that think COVID wasn't real. (laughs) True. (laughs) You know? I mean, how many people... A lot of them. A lot of people. Just think of it as fake. Fake news. So tell me, um, you combine technology and, I guess, faith. Where Where's the intersection there? Well, I mean, ish. Faith-ish. We kind of uh, kind of garble it all together. I mean, mm-hmm. whether you have no faith or have faith, that's still faith, right? Not having faith is a faith. So <laughs> faith is, you know what I mean? Like, so you could say you don't want to talk about it, but... Being an atheist is still a religion. So, I'm at, you know, I'm kind of the anti of the anti-evangelical Christian. Like, I don't think you need to slam somebody over the head with a Bible to make them believe what you believe. But I do feel like faith is important. Whatever that is, faith, and well, there's lots of definitions for that, it kind of invades everything we do. So, whatever we're talking about, technology or education or what sports— Faith is involved in it. That's sort of my belief. Talk to me about um, when you talk about sports on your podcast. I I did uh, a baseball pod. I did several baseball podcasts. I love talking about hockey on my show. Um, those are my two favorite sports. And I think I've talked. Well, I have. I've talked uh, soccer with some people. So what's soccer's your- soccer's great, right? I love soccer. Here's why I tell mm-hmm. people they should like soccer. Because it's the world sport. So I live in San Francisco, sort of like a kind of high-end. And people are here from everywhere. So I meet somebody. They're from London or Germany or Croatia. It is always the intro point to a discussion to be like, where are you from? Who's your team? Oh, you like Real Madrid. It is the converse. Like, to be a person of the world is to know soccer because it's always an entry into a conversation, which leads to a conversation about a country which leads to politics, whatever it is. If you want to be a person of the world, follow soccer, watch the World Cup, learn a few things. You don't have to be an expert, but it's always an entree to, to do, specifically for me in San Francisco, to meeting people. I love the fast type of soccer, like the, the South American variety. Oh, yeah. It's the fun, fast, right? The fast soccer. I love that. Now, I don't like the slow plodding but you know, kick yeah. the ball that way. Kick yes. The ball, you know, I don't like that. Yeah, the- it is kind of antithetical to Americans to like have these zero zero games mm. where it goes on and there's not a lot of scoring. I agree with you. I like so my football team is uh, Liverpool from England, mm. and they have mm. Jurgen Klopp as his co- their coach, and he calls it heavy metal football, where it's pressing, <laughs> it's attacking. You go, you score, you run hard like that. I'm so very thankful that he became our coach because. He plays soccer the way you like it and I like it, Ben. Mm, yeah. Movement, go, emotion, hardcore, playing, running. It's and then, and then you get somebody else. It's some bad soccer's just, you know, gouge your eyes out. Yeah. I like um 
I say this. I say that you can. There's two different types of games you can play with, um, twenty-two people, two goals in a bowl. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. You can play. You can play soccer or football, and you can play a game called Small Methodist College Stand Around. <laughs> and nobody likes Small Methodist College Stand Around. Totally. <laughs> totally. You know. Well, some people. Do, you know, that's the funny thing. I mean, it, there's enough teams out there that do it that somebody must, or is it just like, well, they just don't have the players, so that's the only way we could be in a game is to play this mm. keep-around game to be able to stand up to the athletes on the other side. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, chicken yeah. or the egg there. Well, then there – I mean, okay, so there's the argument about the the New Jersey Devils, how back in the day the New Jersey Devils made – they made an art out of playing terrible hockey very well. Mm. <laughs> Ugly. Ter- they made ugly good. They made terrible. I mean, they won all these Stanley Cups by by mastering the art of playing awful hockey very yeah. well. Yeah, make it ugly. <laughs> make it ugly. <laughs> you know, ugly the game up. You know? That's know. like the uh, Chicago Bears in 84. All defense, mm-hmm. not a lot of scoring, you know? Didn't they almost – weren't they almost this team that – was undefeated Chicago yeah Bears. I don't know what the 84 record of the Bears was like they only lost to one team I think uh they went 10 and six wait a minute 10 and six and 83 okay was it 85 there yeah what no they the... went 10 and six they went 10 and six in 80, 80 and 84 okay all right there was a okay Maybe I'm getting my teams mixed up, but I, there was a football team. There was an NFL football team. That the went, Ravens were dirty, ugly. That only yeah, lost Trent Dilfer, one they, game, and nope. And the and the Super Bowl winner, or the Super Bowl runner-up, didn't copy that like st- style of defense. It, or it is a shame that you know. I mean, once again, chicken or the egg. It is a shame that in sports, people determine the only way we can win is if we make it ugly, and then we all have to suffer through watching an ugly sport to get a Mm. champion, right? Once again, Mm. my version of is, hey, even if we lose but we played the way spirited, upbeat, attacking, it still will be pleasant to watch, which is, once again, my club. But it is a shame that there are teams out there that say, like, the only way we can do this is to do it ugly. You're like, ugh. Well, that's because they get fired if they lose. Yeah, exactly. It comes about this like bottom line thinking. <laughs> and by the way, there's only one team that wins every year in a league, right? So chances are mm. mostly whatever team you follow, you'll be disappointed at the end. Mm-hmm. But I always say this like sort of mantra at the end of a Liverpool season, like, thank you for letting me watch that because the sport was played the right way. We might not have won, but it was enjoyable to watch. <laughs> I don't know though, man. Promotion, relegation—that that's awesome. We have, God, can you imagine that in America? You're the Detroit Lions, and you want to suck forever because you got a bad owner, and they're like, "Hey, guess what? Get with the program, or you're gone." That's so. That would just be incredible. We kind of have that, but it's like in college football. Yeah, ish. Gotta kind of have that. Kind of, kind of ish. I mean, because you and I are old enough to remember. The good Florida State teams. Oh yeah, Bobby Bowden, wide right. Come on, man. Those aren't. That team's not good anymore. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, no, no. Neon, Dion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was so good back in the day that they went from a a good for nothing conference that doesn't exist anymore to the ACC. Yep. Yep. I mean, think about that. Yep. You know, you know, you're not going to see something. You're not going to see a move like that very nope. often. I mean, you you might see it, but not to where I don't even think the metro the metro conference isn't around anymore. No metro conference. That's old school, right? Yep. It became Conference USA. I don't even know if Conference USA is still around. I think it is. Yeah. So are you from San Francisco all the way? I'm from, uh, I was born and raised in Southern California in a lovely hamlet called Whittier. 
Oh, Whittier of MASH fame. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, look at you. Whittier of MASH fame. Yeah. So tell me about the difference between Northern California and Southern California. Well, you know, uh, I know this is trite, but I'm going to do it anyways. I worked in the sort of news entertainment business, and there was like a Hollywood thing. SoCal's definitely uh, kind of a look at me, kind of dress, that kind of thing. And San Francisco has a very like, um, here's my portfolio vibe. It's a very California thing in general. Um, but what do you mean? Here's what do you mean? Here's my portfolio. Like you know what? Uh, what's your startup? You know what did you create? Oh, right. <laughs> How much Bitcoin so, do you own? There, I mean, once again, I live in San Francisco, so it's kind of heightened to a degree. Uh-huh. But Northern California, you know. Civil War, I mean, not the Civil War, the uh, after World War II started Cal, became a thing, Silicon mm. Valley. So there's definitely like this kind of tech vibe that's kind of baked into the Bay Area and it's real because mm. Cal's here, Stanford's here, Silicon Valley, San Francisco. Mm. Um, so there's a definite, and I, once again, I live in San Francisco. So I'm kind of getting, you know, if I go to church or whatever, it is around you all the time, tech bro kind of thing. What's that feel like living around? Well, first of all, it feels a lot like money. That's the number one thing. It feels like everybody's driving a Tesla. (laughs) And um, I come, my, my, my wife's a teacher. I'm a very bad, mediocre broadcaster. So I'm not a tech millionaire. And so most things that we're doing, school, friends, whatever, we're short of short stacking on the money side of things. People with nannies. I always feel like I'm going to outsource, uh, just get a nanny from India and pretend so that when the people from school like, hey, could you reach out to my nanny for pickups this afternoon? I'm like, no, no, you reach out to my nanny and give like a, you know, fake nanny because everybody's got a nanny. Everybody's got a Tesla. Everybody's got a giant house. Everybody could pay full price for whatever it is. And me and my wife are always kind of like, man, we keep it real in San Francisco. We're asking for financial aid. (laughs) We don't have a nanny. I vacuum. I clean my toilets. It's like it's it's and in some senses that's good, but it you know you're kind of always up for a lack of yeah. better poker term so, short stacking against everybody that lives with you around you. So so you feel it. In other words, you feel oh, yeah. the oh yeah totally the, the the difference. Um, and by the way, everything's more expensive. You know the ten dollar mm. avocado toasts. There's just so much you could just feel the money part in Northern California, in San Francisco specifically. So let me ask. Um. The Bitcoin, uh, not not crypto per se, but yeah. other Bitcoins going yeah. down. Ethereum. Do you think that's going to impact your situation? Well, I mean, I don't think it can't, right? Mm-hmm. It, I don't think it can't. I mean, it'll be. I don't think it'll be like a mass exodus type thing, but it'll mm. certainly affect some people. But you know, if once again, mm. I'm not saying these rich people are stupid. They're mm-hmm. obviously intelligent, and and I think people were diversified. So I think in general, San Francisco's diversified. There's some people that, you know, SMF were not, but uh, most people are diversified. So I don't think it's going to be that. What do I know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I used to like to talk to people about crypto on my show. And then at some point, like I was always kind of skeptical of it. At least, at least when I kind of realized that it could never be currency, like real currency, it could never be like fiat currency. But at some point in talking to these people, I realized I can't put these episodes out anymore because I don't want to accidentally, to me, this feels like a scam. Like the more I would talk to folks about it, the more it felt like a scam. I mean, at the heart of it, it's not a scam, right? Like an independent currency that is uh, on the blockchain so that everybody can see it, right? The idea of it. So I've heard it argued to say that cryptocurrency has gone through its dot-com bubble. Like we got rid of all the FTXs, everybody that wanted it for the wrong reasons. We got rid of pets.com in the early 2000.com bubble. (laughs) And now we're, we're clearing out all the bad stuff. And it might come back as a true uh, currency-ish because we maybe got kind of try to figure it out. 
It'd be interesting to see. I don't know if it's dead yet. I don't I don't think it's dead. I don't think it's ever gonna die. I mean there okay. I think there is a a use for a technology or something. Yes. That allows that would allow me to pay yes. allow me to have dollars on my phone. Yep. And euros on your phone. Yep. And I could pay you in dollars on my end and it would magically yep. appear like euros yep. on your end. Yep. I think that is just an amazing bit of technology that that's coming would, would be useful. That's coming. I, I mean, but it's coming. Here's what, here's why I think crypto is always going to be in this sort of a separated from other money or other things of value. I can't take crypto to the store. Yeah. Yeah. You can't <laughs> in Costa Rica. Is it Costa well, Rica? Right. But you need to in Co- the other thing with that is you need to in Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the <laughs> right. Like yeah. you need to in Venezuela. You need to in Costa Rica. You don't. You know. Just saying. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's um, not dead. It's not dead. I don't. I. It hasn't been fleshed out yet, but it's not dead. I. I think the world will get there. What do you think of what's a so what's a piece of technology that you're either skeptical of or that you you just think you're gung ho on? Mm, ooh, that's a good one. Uh, you know, so I I have been a broadcaster my whole life, so I've been mm-hmm. in some sort of the public eye ish type things. So I've never really worried about um stuff being uh out there forever for you know for instance like saying something wrong you know racist thing on social media or whatever i've just always assumed because there's a microphone around that whatever i say can it be hold will be hold against me so i don't really live a nefarious life on the social medias for that reason same with emails or whatever mm. i kind of live it and i and once again that's just because of my career i've always thought there was a microphone recording what i do but I'm trying to teach my kids that now this day and age. Um, but it's, it, it is amazing how many people, not just my 85 year old mom, don't realize that everything you can and say on the internet will be used against you. And so in mm. theory, hopefully maybe my kids will understand that and the internet will become a different place. I don't know. That's just kind of my working theory of this. I, okay. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Go for it. Um, Thank you, Ben. So, so I talk with, like I say, I talk with professors. Um, back when, um, back when academic Twitter was more of a thing, I I was on academic Twitter for my podcast and stuff. Some of these professors were on Twitter talking about how it was just shocking how illiterate their students were with technology. Yeah, like just shocking levels of illiteracy around technology. And I think like one person talked about how talked at great length about how like she had to show her students how to create files in Windows. And they'd never done that before. <laughs> it was like, wow. That's crazy. But that's not going to be the case. I mean, my kids are my kids are smarter on the technology than way smarter on the technology than me. And I'm a technology mm. reporter for God's sakes. Yeah, which is why I asked you, like, what do you, what kind of technology do you think? Or what do you think? So, what do you think of the metaverse? Do you think the metaverse is going to? So, I mean, <laughs> I once again, like Bitcoin, I think we will get to the meta Ready Player One. I think we'll get there, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I, did you see that New York Times article about uh, that person? She reporter spent like 12, 20 hours in the Met, Facebook's metaverse, and it was like it wasn't even a video game. It was like a cartoon, like a really bad, horrible cartoon. Like, <laughs> like it just—it's like anything, right? Like electric cars for the electric cars to be for the mass populace. We're going to need charging stations all over, right? For the metaverse to work, yeah. we're going to need people to buy real life expensive cameras. So there's just so much. Um, and you're also going to have to have a need for that. Totally. But have- what we do, you just said it yourself, well, nobody's going to work anymore. So there's a need for people to be connected via stuff in our houses. There's a need. It just cost a lot of infrastructure. 
But see, like, I think, I think we're old. So well, we're not going to be the people. This just into the newsroom. We're old. <laughs> we're not going to be the people that are going to look at this technology and innovate it into something amazing. Do you see what I'm saying? Of course. No, no. I totally agree with you. I, my point is just, just, it's the same as Bitcoin. Yeah. It's a reality. It's going to take a while to get there. The metaverse is a reality and it's coming. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime, but I mean, don't you think it's coming? It is. It, it will. We, people will use it. It'll be a thing. Well, my my take on the meta, my take on VR is this. Okay, I've used VR in a controlled environment. It's what we can do today in a controlled environment is amazing. It's totally amazing. Okay, for true, for serious. The second question is, do I think Facebook is going to run the metaverse? No. Um, absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. Because um, they can't, they've never built anything good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you exactly why. And it has nothing to do with technology at all. It has to do with this. If I owned a company and I was even, and I was A, intelligent, which I am, and B, if the company was successful, Okay. I would not want to give Facebook the keys to all my secrets. Of course because not. Because they would sell that. Right? They absolutely would sell it. Um But I do think it has amazing applications for stuff like if you want to meet somebody across the planet or more nuts and bolts stuff like you could have doctors in one part of the world and patients in another part of the world i mean like that i think that's pretty cool what i hear you saying ben is that you don't trust the great mark zuckerberg with your detailed information because maybe he decided to use information to give 13 year old girls eating disorders i don't know maybe that's what you're saying ben. well that's pretty much exactly what i'm saying um Pretty much exactly what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I, I don't trust him either. I downloaded my Facebook data a while back. Oh, no. It was kind of shocking. Well, one of my friends actually downloaded her Facebook data a while back. And it was literally kind of shocking what was in that data. Like her gate code oh. was, in, was in that data. And she was like, how, how did that wow. happen? That's crazy. Like, yeah, we're zombies, code. dude. We're living in the Matrix. We don't even realize Facebook has our gate code. <laughs> or what was that? We're taking the red pill, Ben. Yeah. Or is it the blue pill? Whatever. One of the pills. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another Matrix reference. There's going to be, when I, when I die and donate this podcast to an archive, <laughs> there were a lot of Matrix references in this. Because <laughs> it's so damn relevant. Oh my God! There's so much the Matrix got right twenty something years ago. There's so freaking. There's so much they called. They just called it. They did. It's crazy. Wojcikowski yeah. people. Well, to me, the most amazing thing about the most, the most interesting part of the Matrix, as a historical document, to me, is something that if you showed it to a, a twenty something today. They probably would would glaze right over it. They probably yeah. wouldn't even notice it. Which is like in 1999, if you were sitting in your room on a Friday night, you were a loser. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. You were either a loser or you didn't have enough money to go out or whatever. And now it's like I have a mini theater in my room. I have so true. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like, I, I mean, come on. <laughs> That's the part to me, the most interesting part is that the Matrix called so much of our popular culture in 2022. I'm in. Shocking. I mean, <laughs> you know, like you, you know, I don't know, but. I don't know. It's like the craziest part to me is like 
when I think about the electric cars. And you think, oh, well, that's pretty cool, and that'll save the environment, maybe, and all this. But then you scale it up, and you think, how many people have, what, five hours to to sit and wait for a car to charge? True. <laughs> you know? I mean, and how much heavier are we going to get? Because we're all going to go to diners and charge our cars. <laughs> I didn't think about that. You know, like, so you're using the charger. Okay, I got to go to the diner. What do you want from the diner? I'll see you in five hours. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> do you think you'll live to see space travel? Uh, no, 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 no. I won't live to see space travel. I won't live to see uh, Bitcoin be a real thing. I won't live to see the metaverse. You know what? I don't know if anybody will. The world might come to an end before then. But, I mean, if, it, if the world does go on long enough, I think it'll exist. But I won't be around. You'll live, okay, you'll live to see. Here's what you will live to see. Unless you're like, I don't know you, so you might be like on death's door. I don't know. <laughs> but you will live to see not cryptocurrency per se but like digital coins that thing i was saying earlier where i have dollars on my phone yeah you know, know what you're, you're right you changed my mind you i we will see that and we might see the metaverse see that we might see the metaverse i mean 30 years we might see the metaverse we might see virtual coins in the metaverse i take it back thank you ben you'll live to see virtual coins and you'll live to see Something called something like what we call the metaverse day, but it won't be called that at yeah, all. Yeah, no, you're right. I agree. Yeah, a virtual, <laughs> virtual money in a virtual world. We'll see. We'll see the virtuals. We'll live to see that. I think we're gonna live to see. Actually, hell, I, I talked to a fella, um, a guy who's working on synthetic meat, but not like plant-based meat, right? Like actually cloning meat. Yeah. I think we're going to live to see that. Yes. I think, no, you're right. I think we will. I don't know if I'm going to eat that, but uh, I, I think you're right. Well, I'm going to wait on that. I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not going to be like these people out here with the chat GPT that thought, oh, this thing is so smart. No, it's a conversational chat, bud. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. know. <laughs> yep. There's no brain power there. <laughs> no, I got you. You know. Um do you think people are going to become more religious or less Ooh. religious over time? Ooh. I think it's the same answer. More and less at the same time. I think America, just using America as an example. Mhm. Mm I think my kids will be late, way less fundamental about religion than like our parents are. Like our parents are very like, turn or burn, there's a hell, you're going there unless you say this prayer. I think our my kids are way more ecumenical about faith being important, but mm -hmm. faith not being a choice of heaven or hell. And so I think, once again, whatever you term religion it is, I think our our the, our, the younger, whatever the YZ, whatever generation, will be more ecumenical <laughs> about faith and religion. And, mm. and, and on, on the surface, it might not seem as fervent as our parents, but it will be just as important. Do you think... Um, okay. Do you think... So you're a traffic reporter. Have you seen... You've seen San Francisco expand, obviously. And retract. Pandemic. Oh, it's retract from the pandemic, huh? Well, no, it's done both, right? It was a bustling <laughs> epicenter, and then, yeah. So it's done both. And maybe it'll come back, or maybe it won't. We don't know yet. That's the most truthful statement I've ever heard anybody say. We yes! don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, Ben. <laughs> we don't know. Um... Do you think we've heard the last of COVID? Uh, once again, I mean, it's like a flu, right? It'll be around forever. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> we, we still have typhoid fever and some other things. It rears its ugly head from time to time. 
Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we're going to start... I mean, there was a historian who said in 50 years the the thing they're not going to believe is that you got up, put your clothes on, got in your car, left you, left your computer at your house, and drove to another computer yeah. to do, some, to do yeah. something you could have done at your house. <laughs> I think that's going to come way more into society than yeah. it is even now. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But I, I do think also we're going to have to change our education system. We're just gonna oh, yeah, to... man. Preach it, brother. <laughs> for sure. I mean, we're going to have to. It's like I was I, I was playing with the chat GPT and the thing that occurred to me was the big political fight, once this thing gets out into the normie world, like into the normal people universe, the thing this is going to cause is the big fight is going to be who gets to be stupid and still work. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. that's going to yeah. be the big political fight. Yep. <laughs> and it's going to be ugly. No, I agree. Yeah, the workplace is totally going to change. How are we going to do with that? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, What drew you to podcasting? Or was that an outgrowth of broadcasting? Yeah, I've always, I've literally always, I mean, I had a podcast from almost from day one. I've almost had one for like 20 years. I just. um 20? Wow. Almost. Like maybe 17. Yeah, yeah. My first one was on jobs. Then I've had just trivia, just sort of. Yeah, you can see I've been really successful on them. <laughs> okay, wait, no, back up. Now we're going to have another talk. Yes. 20 years ago, or 17 years ago, whatever. Long time ago. Yep. What was podcasting like back then? It's kind of the same thing as it. So listen, I always just have felt like I'm an audio guy. Like, I'm just saying words. I love audio. The reason I love being a broadcaster, I love audio, because I just love the multitasking capability of it. I loved being in a car and listening to something, being entertained mm -hmm. while I drive. I've always felt the greatest when I go to events for radios, shows, whatever. And they're like, hey, thank you for giving me, thinking, letting me, helping me think about something else while I drove. Like, that's what audio is. It's the ultimate, you can't watch a TV show and do something else, but you could drive or do the dishes or rake the leaves. Mm -hmm. Like my dad used to listen to Transition Radio and Weed the Garden, listen to Vince Scully at Dodger Games. Like, it's just the ultimate multitasking thing. I love that. I love that. I love it for me. I love doing it. And I love have help people provide do that. And you can learn something while you do the dishes. Or you can learn something while you sweep the floor. I just love that. So I've always wanted to help people learn something, record it, and then provide it to them. So that's what I've always done. The first iteration, once again, 17 years ago, was about jobs. The, you know, boss comes on, you know, whatever, whatever it was. And then trivia, blah, blah, blah. I just, I love the medium of audio. I just think mm. it's beautiful. So how did, okay, so 17 years ago, you would record the show, right? Yep. Same thing, wave file, and just upload it. And then what, what would you upload it to? Uh, that would be different sites. Same thing. It was, it was a site that, you know, it was more okay. antiquated, right? It took forever, right. but it was like yeah, uploading. Yeah. It, it just took more time. I, basically, yeah, now, you, but it, now it's all uploaded instantly. Back then mm, it took a while. Well, not instantly, but. I'm sure relative to 17 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did take a while. Now that I think you're bringing it back. I remember I used to have to sit there and wait. But yeah. Jesus. I can't. I mean, if it takes about 10 minutes to upload something or five or 10 minutes to upload a big podcast. Yeah, it would take like an hour. Yeah, you're right. It would take a while. Jesus. It would take a while. And you can't do this during a storm because the file might mess up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That's what you think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. Wow. Hmm. Did you so when you when you got people to go to it, how did you do that? Was that wasn't social media then? That was So I was I kind of did a duel. I had a I had um mm -hmm. it was on the radio and it was a podcast. So I basically recorded the show and it okay. aired on a local radio station and I also just had the recording of it that would just air on my site. So it was kind of like duel back then. Once again, 
I just like yeah. to reiterate, Ben, I've not been very successful. I'm a very, like, mediocre broadcaster. No offense. I probably wouldn't be on your show if I've had lots of success in life. I'm mostly just been very <laughs> mediocre at it. And part of that mm-hmm. is because I got three kids and I wanted to live in San Francisco and I didn't want to move and I want to be able to take them to soccer games. So part of that's my circumstances, choices I've made. But it ha- I have not really ever been super mega. I mean, I'm not even close. I'm, uh- I mean, this podcast isn't, I mean, it, it is a podcast, but really what it is, is an oral history. Yeah. Hey, I'll really take what it. what this is, is an oral history. So, I mean, here I am in perfect health, but I'm going to, when I die, I'm going to donate this to a, to a library somewhere. I totally think of that same way. You're right. I've got like almost 20 years of audio on me. You're right. Absolutely. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I had a professor in college who is a famous oral historian. And I think about him every time I do one of these. That's yeah. cool. No, it is. <laughs> it's cool. It really is. Um, hey Ben, I got about like three more minutes. Okay, yeah, me too. I got I gotta go myself. I tell you what, why don't you uh, shill your stuff one more time, and um, then we'll download this thing and get out of here before the power goes out. Ben, you're awesome. Thank you so much for letting me on once again. My name is Larry Olson. I co-host the podcast daily. You can go to smarticlepodcast.com in about nine minutes eight or nine minutes we take a look at an article every single day from the best way or the best urinal to use when you go to the bathroom to god to whether you should be going to a a national park and licking a toad to uh, see if you can get a high from that great eight minutes hopefully daily inspiration smarticlepodcast.com ben you are the best i appreciate it Oh, thank you, Larry. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you put your uh, stuff in the email, I'll put it in the description. Dude, I'll just send it to you right now, man. Let me hit stop before the power goes out. And you're the best.